Welcome back to another episode of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira and John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor on the board, acting as our producer as well, and overall extraordinaire extraordinarily gifted human being that makes everything happen for us but uh we're very excited it's episode eight we've got a great poll question for you today we're going to talk about that that's favorite fictional sports heroes or just really sports figures really not even heroes at this point in time we've got progressive trivia we're going to talk a little bit about the last dance that premiered last night the first two episodes chronicling the 1997-1998 chicago bulls season And we're going to talk a little bit about college transfer students and how they used to be sort of a one-off thing or an outlier, if you will. And now, well, the last three number one picks overall, college transfer students get into that in just a bit. But before we do that, and of course, John Pelkey, we're going to also give them next episode's poll question, which you came up with. I'm I'm going to give you a lot of credit because so far it's been Laura Luke and you. That have basically yeah. come up with all the pop. I came up with one, and it was a right. complete dud, absolute disaster. Could have been the worst moment in podcast history. <laughs> it really, it really could have been. So, uh, outside of that, and outside of, I'm sure you're feeling very good about yourself. How and that how are you overall? That includes OJ's advice podcast, which didn't do well. So, I mean, I think, uh, yep. quite frankly, we uh, time we, will tell. Time will tell on that one. <laughs> so how are you, Johnny? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Mark. Uh, you know, just we actually got out of the house today for briefly uh, drove over to uh, someone's house who's uh, been kind oh, enough to make masks oh, and uh, picked up a couple of masks. I don't know why you would oh boy that one. Uh, unlike, you know, people you've talked about, apparently just willy nilly traveling, traveling around the country. the country, spreading germs. But uh, but, it, you know, I guess, you know, the rules don't apply. It's Ivanka, Jared and your family. Um, but I'm doing doing quite well, to be honest. So How you about you? Couple, you got a couple masks. That's good. I'm, got I'm some masks. Yep. I, I got a couple new masks today as well. Looking forward to uh, trying them out when I go to Publix later on. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> looking looking um, looking uh, looking forward to probably not as much as you as to judging all the people that still at this point in time are not wearing masks in enclosed public places. I don't judge I, folks that are on the road running sure, or bicycling. No. Yeah, but um, if they're in an enclosed public space, I just think for everyone's well-being. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't do the grocery shopping, so I don't get out to the closed public spaces. They say it's better if it's one person. So uh, my wife Jody's been doing all of the uh, all the shopping, so I don't get to really? see that. It's probably best you're exposing her. You're throwing her out there to get exposed to the world, and then. She's she's healthier than you are, clearly. She's much healthier and younger than me, uh, so I think uh, she runs a lot less chance. Of but yes, she might be low. carrying it and then giving it to you, who's a right. lot older, which and, you know, and less <laughs> immune, you know, yes. less considerably immune. older and and broken down. Yeah, I, I think I mean if I get near it, it, it's funny because I've talked to people who who've had it and uh, I'm surprised that that didn't take me. Because, uh, you know, given my relative lack of that's health. right, you were in a rehearsal with um, um, some folks uh, or at least one person that got it. You were in a closed. Or, yeah, more than one, actually. More than one. Yeah. Yikes. All right. Well, two, it's two been people over- who never got tested, but had all of the symptoms and got past uh-huh. it. And then one person who uh, was in contact, uh, close contact with those folks who uh, actually did test positive. So, yes. Uh, and and got and, and luckily got a mild form of it. But, uh, yeah, I, it's been all around me. So wow. my body's God. God knows how I've evidently you're like Keith Richards. The, it, your body just rejects disease because it doesn't because the disease doesn't want to come near it. I am Keith Richards uh, without the uh, talent and success. I think that's true. I think, I it's, just, I, I think we can just, all agree on that. And the on demand dialysis. It's a good point. That's a, I think he just has he has like a belt. He has a dialysis belt. I know he tours it. with a dialysis machine. That is no joke. Wow. All Wait, right. Well, good still. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the case still, is it? Well, I know I, he he had full blood transfusions four or five times in the mid seventies when he needed to get clean. Wasn't. No, no, I I think he has I think he has a liver function problem, so he has to have the full dialysis on a pretty regular oh. basis. Wow, which is no surprise. Which is no surprise. We're gonna have to check in on that because Mark and I consider ourselves noted local Rolling Stones uh, aficionados. Yes. Yeah, but you yeah. you guys like the music. I, no, I, I also like all the stories attached. I like oh, the yeah, palace yeah. intrigue. Absolutely. All of it. Every bit of it. Every bit of Stone's history I'm interested well, in. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you know the story of the of when Keith Richards finally met his hero? Uh, 
When Chuck Berry Chuck punched Berry. him? Well, no, the first time. No, I know the I know the Chuck Berry punched him in the face story. That's 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 a good one. Well, this uh, may be the same story. Why did Chuck Berry punch him in the face? Uh, because I guess Keith kind of came into a dressing room situation and kind of like put his arm on Chuck's shoulder. Chuck was looking the other way, and Chuck Berry noted uh, a very prickly guy, uh, according to a lot of people. And he was not in a mood, and Keith put his arm on him. You know, Keith was probably holding himself up. And uh, Chuck Berry turned around and, and gave him a pop right in the jaw. No, the the story that I that I know is from the top 100 stories of rock that was in Rolling Stone in the late 80s, early 90s. It was a big uh, issue that I had. And uh-huh. I guess that uh, Chuck Berry was getting into a limousine somewhere outside of a club in New York. And Keith Richards wanted badly to meet him. So he ran over to meet him and, of course, had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and stuck his head into the car and the cigarette fell onto Chuck Berry and burned Chuck Berry's clothes, <laughs> which could have wow. been eventually led Sounds to him good. being punched in the face. Ah, wow. well, there you go. Yeah. So multiple right. times, Keith Richards have been, has been punched in the face by Chuck Berry. Never meet your allegedly. idols. All so, right, Jeff, how go. are you, man? How I'm are doing you hanging great. in with I'm all doing, this I'm, stuff? I'm doing great. I, you guys would judge me, it sounds like. I, uh, I, went to, I had to go purchase some stuff today from the drugstore, so I went to CVS, and uh, right. on their door it said, masks uh, required by law, which, first of all, isn't true. Second of all, made me leave and go over to Walgreens, where I was greeted without a mask on, and I went in and got what I needed and left. Thinning the herd. I'm not coughing on anybody. I'm not. Uh, I'm practicing social distancing. I don't like wearing face covering. It's. Uh, I. Uh, I don't judge people that don't wear masks. I hope they don't judge. Well, because for... you don't. I mean, I don't that's, judge people. That's that like do. saying I don't judge people who don't have car insurance. I don't judge that's, people that do. Know. Do wear masks. How do you know say. that Jeff doesn't have any car insurance? I don't know that. I'm just saying it's easy to say. I'm not going to be judgmental for people using bad behavior because I do the same bad behavior. So I so. do have car insurance, but I, my wife has tasked me with calling and asking if we can get a deal since we are driving. Oh, we got a, we got a little bit of a deal because yeah. of that. My, uh, my wife did the same thing. I highly recommend you do that. I will do so. I yeah, put like that. other than today, I put like 12 miles on my car in a month. Yeah, exactly. How how much of a deal did you get? How much of a percentage? Do you, do you know, John, or do you just look I, at your wife and say, thank you, honey? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm in the I, I think I pointed this out before. When it comes to our household, I'm in the labor uh, part of the household, not the management part. So, uh, John's in charge of keeping that giving. shelf clean behind him. Yes, that's exactly that's it. That's, I like it. it. I do. I do all the you know, I, that's I'm I'm the blue collar person. I'm not white collar. And plus, I, you know, if numbers start cropping up, I won't understand it anyway. <laughs> all right. Quickly, any any family news? Last week, we talked about your nephew, Jeff, and my nephew. We called it the nephew show. And that uh, garnered a, a few a few listens, I believe, just the title itself. Really? Any 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 other news from uh, from you and yours at all? My daughter started drumming with me today. I was playing guitar in here, and she came and pulled the congas out and started playing drums. She actually seemed to kind of understand the uh, mechanics of it. She got some some rhythm, some natural rhythm. I I so I may not have talked about this before. I do. I'm just kidding. Of course you do. I I. wanted this child to have perfect pitch so i've been playing classical music in her room since the day she was born it's on an ipod plugged into a little speaker it's on a constant loop every time every night she sleeps she listens to classical music so i've been trying to instill music in this child from the very beginning my son plays drums which i don't consider music and my uh middle child my 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 middle child uh isn't interested at all but this child sings and she's jumping on the drum she always wants my ukulele because it's her guitar she thinks so uh that's that's it's cute for her because it's uh you put a capo on that thing and she'll be able to play it in a year because it's so small and i could tune it to an open key where all she has to do is strum it it'll it'll be nice that's awesome dude i love i love that you know have you ever seen that claire the young claire uh, on youtube with her dad no, they, they they did a duet. Oh, of, I did. Uh, I've only a seen like one. Me. It is yes. just just the best. I look it forward is. to those times. Yeah, we did. and they're coming up for you, and good for you, man. Because I I had a lot of fun with my daughter uh, doing that stuff, and my son as well. When they were young, it was it was a lot of fun. All right, let's move on to progressive trivia, and uh, this is a this is another fun one. It's another NFL player. Uh, once again, we want to let our audience know that Jeff and John do not know. Oh, wait a minute, though. I gave I gave. Shoot, I gave uh, 
Did you open the rundown? No. Okay, good. <laughs> the Why would we do that? Is, the answer is in there. So sorry about wow. that. So I please don't check it, Jeff. That's, I, d- I won't, and I didn't. Beautiful. All right, so here we go. First clue coming up. I went to a school in the ACC for 15 years with five different teams. Uh, NFL player went to a school in the ACC, played for 15 years with five different teams. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. I'm not, I'm not even going to guess. Do an ambulance. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's move on now to uh, last night's massively promoted um, first and second episodes of The Last Dance, the documentary that captured the last season of the Bulls with all of that team together, with Michael Jordan, with Phil Jackson, and everyone there together. 97, 98, they won a championship. It was their sixth. It was their second three-peat. And um, first of all, did you guys watch it? I did. I did not. Did you watch, did you watch the whole thing, Johnny? I, yep, watched both episodes. I even watched the uh, – I actually recorded it on the, the later showing and unfortunately missed out on – I guess they had a roundtable following uh, the earlier showing on SportsCenter. They had a, a, a great roundtable. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mark uh, Lyle Moon, actually sent me a message saying, oh, my gosh, this roundtable is amazing. But uh, I, I didn't get that until uh, after that was over. So I taped uh, – or excuse me, recorded and watched – uh, Scott Van Pelt show after the later showing, and they had a lot of guys on there talking about it. So not only did I see it, but I also got a lot of the discussion uh, surrounding it, which was an awful lot of fun. Because not only does it cover that um, that final season of the Bulls, it also gives you just kind of a lot of history into uh, those Bulls players oh, yeah. and that team as it built up to that 97 year. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. And the, the old stuff with Dean Smith and even Bobby Knight talking about Michael Jordan after the 84 uh, Olympics. Literally, Bobby Knight saying that it's the best basketball player he'd ever coached back yeah. in 1984. So so what's your first blush of it, John? Just the first takeaway that you have from it is, is just, you know, what would you say? You know, give us a phrase or two of your first blush. Um, compelling. And, uh, I, I think that the, the, uh, a lot of it I knew previously, I mean, you and I have interviewed, uh, Scotty Pippen is one of my favorite interviews of all time. And I knew, knew quite a bit about, uh, that team and, uh, uh, some of their issues in the front office, uh, particularly towards the end of that run, the Jerry Krause stuff. Uh, I, I learned a good deal about that. Uh, but, uh, more it's, it was fun, for these first couple of episodes, which focused, and I guess the next episode is going to focus on a little bit on Dennis Rodman as they add players into this, but focused uh, on Jordan and particularly Scottie Pippen early, uh, Scotty high school Scottie Pippen, and then Scottie Pippen in college. And uh, I found that really, really interesting, uh, how Pippen went from being a guy who was the manager at uh, Central Arkansas to being the fifth overall pick in the draft. Found it fascinating. No, I find all that uh, backstory fascinating as well. I, I I love it. I love all that information. And I do love the documentary format. You know, I was talking to you, John, earlier this month. And Jeff, you can chime in on this one, too. This doesn't, it doesn't, is, is it, isn't this uh, documentary specific. But the documentary form compared to, say, reality shows, compared to, say, a hard knocks where it's in quote-unquote real time. Now, full disclosure, you hate reality shows. I Pretty do. much across the board. Pretty much across the board. I do. Yeah, okay. I do. And I so, don't. So full disclosure. So you're right. I come, I come in with a, with a major bias. And I love documentaries as a rule across the board. Yes, do I. And, I? and obviously with full disclosure with that as well, with a documentary, clearly the director, the documentarian is able to edit and pick and choose and tell the story that he or she wants to tell. You know, you could, it's like statistics in sports. You can manipulate it to essentially win any argument, regardless of the side you're on. It, it can often be the case. Sure. But reality shows are the same way. And what I, what I uh, don't like about reality shows is that they, pretend that they're not doing the exact they same something thing. that they're not exactly right. you they, know Mark, they, go ahead i well I, I i wanted to bring something up because it was a really interesting um film documentary uh i guess it was that we saw on one of the disney vacation club cruises that you and i have worked that uh had to do with 
the live action Walt Disney uh, nature series and how they went out and they filmed all of this nature stuff. But Disney was the one who understood they had to have a story. So he was the one who said, "Okay, that's the mama penguin. That's the daddy penguin. This is the penguin family. And they created a out of out of. They created a story out of probably 12 different penguins that they filmed, but they they they, they kept going back to story. Uh, so you totally. can manipulate documentary quite a bit, obviously. Totally. Um, and uh, the but reality shows that going are really in, you know real I mean? time. I'm sorry? You know that going in, watching right. a documentary. Right. And, and you should know that now going into reality television, that it's not really reality. They're going to manipulate you in some way because they do have to turn it in to a television show right and just straight footage doesn't really of course not doesn't really do that there's a great uh, quote from a french dramatist whose name has escaped history that says god writes lousy theater and so you know i think if you're watching reality tv right now and you're thinking it's just fly on the wall stuff it's not no and uh, and again the the other problem i have with it is that they to your very well phrased uh, saying that they purport to be something they're not. Not only that, John Pelkey, but it's it's what they it's what they choose to do their stories about. It's always high drama. It's always purient as a rule. You know what I mean? It really goes to the lowest base of human uh, interest and uh, titillation to me, as opposed to a documentary that can take its time, that can build on a story, that can build on a on a thesis. Personally, I just like that a little bit better, Jeff. I like that better, too, but I don't think this is anything that's particularly new. In fact, I read Dan Rather's first uh, autobiography called The Camera Never Blinks, and he talked about getting involved in local news in Texas in the 1950s, and that what he was uh, told was their thinking on what stories they would present was the fuzz and the was, meaning any cop stories which are titillating or any where there's a dead body involved. The fuzz right. and the was. That's well, what I know. People, but that's know, local news. That's why local news is so but, lame. But it's that's, lame. But, yeah, but that's, again, that's the human nature. I think it's that slow down at a, at, a, at, a, at a car crash on the side of the road thing where people, you know, I know you rise above it, Mark, and, 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 and the, God bless you for, for doing that, sir. I, I wonder. I'm so, so titillated by that stuff. It, I, you know, to some extent, I wonder, though, because when you think about situational comedy and television shows, a lot of people like happy stuff. And I wonder if it's not uh, chicken or egg. Do people get into those stories because that's what they're seeing all the time? Or is that what they're actually looking for? They want to know those things. I know I know it is the car crash you go by, but also the beautiful painting that you go by. You kind of want to look at that, too, right? Yes. Or, I mean, or the, the sweet age. story with the, uh, the the dad singing with the, the young girl. Or, you know the, what I mean? or that, the military people coming back to views, their kids. Yeah. But what people don't want to see when you talk about local news, and I don't know how we ended up going down this alley, but, it, but it's you true, it is... The story. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I brought it up. <laughs> is that? Uh, 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 I mean, see now you now you've interrupted me and and taken my train of thought away, and that's that's just such a horrible thing to do to me on the podcast. But uh, the the uh, no no it, it's okay. Uh, all right, so we're gonna have to get away from it because I okay. completely. So let me say, about I like both things very much. I'm a huge fan of documentaries. I watch them almost daily. I've got, I've right. gotten to the point now where it's getting a little ridiculous. I've seen all of the good ones that are that are readily available to you now. So I'm digging deeper. Last week I watched a Van Halen documentary, a documentary about the Jewish guy that managed Johnny Cash, which I found very interesting and compelling. And uh, Def Leppard. It was it was I went I went music and Prince. Yeah. So oh, I do all of that stuff. They were fun. They were, they were fun. Stuff. But I, my, the reason I didn't watch The Last Dance last night is because my wife and I are re-watching season 19 of Survivor. <laughs> which, wow. Which, if you're not a, are you a Survivor fan, John? Never seen one episode. Oh, okay. Well, this was a very good season because there was a gentleman named Russell Hans that was introduced in that season. And uh, he is fun to watch. I, I only watch two reality TV shows, though, Big Brother and Survivor. And I, I yeah, like I the I like the sociology behind it. 
I don't watch either of those. And I, re- I remembered what I was going to say, Mark, is that uh, with and Jeff is that with the with the local news, I mean, they they show those things because people want to watch them. And what they don't want to watch is the 10 minute story on the school board election, despite the fact that that's one that probably has more direct uh, impact Effect. on their life. Well, so, I agree. But that's you know, what the news is supposed to do. Bar. People. But the reality of it is, is that the news should be reporting on the school board. They should, they, they should, should definitely but do it doesn't, that. But it doesn't get ratings. Yeah, that, well, it, who cares? That's, that's, that's why, sorry about that, Jeff. That's why back in the day that it was a lost leader for the network's news, right. that it didn't need to make a profit. Right. And it was, it was in service of the rest of the programming, which made, a, you know, a killing. That's, and you so know, that, that, that all changed in the early 80s when the entire country took a wrong turn. <laughs> we have mentioned somehow... That particular episode and turn in our country, I think, in well, every we're podcast. Paying the price for, that's because the chickens have come home to roost. All right, let's move on to progressive trivia again. The next couple of clues played in 15 playoff games and two Super Bowls. Let me, uh, let me repeat the first one. Went to a school in the ACC, played for 15 years with five different teams, played in 15 playoff games, went to two Super Bowls, lost them both, led the league in touchdowns, Five times. Five times. Hmm. Wow. ACC played for 15 years with five different teams, played in 15 playoff games, two Super Bowls, lost them both, and led the league in touchdowns five times. And he played um, – the two Super Bowls were uh, one in each conference. The team he was with is one in each conference, if that wow. helps. Okay. Wow. And this guy is retired as well. This is not an active player also. All right, I'm gonna have to. Mm, that is that's a good question. All that's right, good. so here we, here we go. This is now our poll question of the day: was favorite fictional sports figures and gentlemen. I have to say, and this is all Laura Luke who gave us this question. This was by far got the most garnered the most responses than any poll question thus far. Almost seventy responses, sixty eight total responses. Wow. Now, the top vote-getters, Rocky Balboa got six. Makes sense. Roy Hobbs got five. I think neither, none of us are surprised by that. Nope. Crash, da- Crash Davis got five. I don't six. think anyone's surprised by that. Crash six. Davis from, uh, well, well, we'll get there, Johnny. <laughs> Dottie Henson from League of Their Own got three, played by uh, the lovely Gina Davis. Second best character in that movie, though. I agree. Norman Dale. Played by uh, Gene Hackman and Hoosiers. Been on uh, heavy rotation on uh, HBO or Showtime, and I watch it every time. Great movie. Uh, Roy Tincup McAvoy and Tincup. That's Kevin mm-hmm. Costner. Harry Doyle. Oh, by the way, from uh, Major League. That's uh, Bob Uecker. <laughs> Jimmy Dugan, by the way, gets two votes. Three. Jimmy Dugan is the best character, right, Jeff, in uh, League of Their Own? Tom yes. Hanks' character? Oh, but without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Hamilton Ham Porter. This is probably uh, not. No, it's not yours. It's the millennial generation. The Sandlot. That's a kid from Sandlot who kept saying, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. How about this one? Velvet Brown from National Velvet, John. Right. Played by Elizabeth Taylor in the original. And it was a book as well. And well as Re- Reggie Dunlap from, uh, from, from Slapshot. Who is my second choice, actually. So now the top movies... Bull Durham got the most, John. Actually, eight now with your vote. Crash Davis gets six. Calvin Lelouch, who was played by Tim Robbins. And Annie Savoy, who was played by uh, Susan Sarandon. So that's eight total for Bull Durham. Rocky got six. All for Rocky. No Apollo Creed love. Nothing. Uh, League of Their Own actually is in second place with seven because Dottie Hinson got three. Jimmy Dugan, who was my favorite, got three. And Marla Hooch. Remember Marla Hooch? Jeff? Great character. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. So it's it's tied, actually. League of Their Own is tied. No, it's actually one behind. Bull Durham leads. And then League of Their Own is second, John. Only mm-hmm. one vote behind Bull Durham. How, how do you feel about that? Uh, it was a fine film. <laughs> it is a fine film. It's a fine film. John doesn't think it's a, it, it's a sports movie, Jeff. It is a sports Nom- movie. It's nominally a sports movie. It, it's uh, it's definitely a sports movie. Okay. 
I want to say like 40 to 50% of it happens during a sporting event. Mm. The, the drama that goes along with it is all involving the sport. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jeff. Just, <laughs> I, can't, this is I mean, diehard Christmas I movie? Okay, we can have an argument there. But League of Their Own? League is in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John? Yeah, that was very those were very cogent arguments in terms of why it should be considered a sports movie. So what's your issue? Uh, Let's get down I, to it. John. I said nominally it's a sports sports film. Yeah. Now, now then give us your arguments. Do you think it's more of a drama so than a sports film? Let's take let's check the clock. Oh, running out of time, Mark. I don't know. <laughs> Not really sure. Not really sure we can move on with this. No, I think it's more. It's a sports movie. Yes, it is. I just, I, you know, the reason that I, the, the reason that I've made fun of that as, as a choice for a sports movie has nothing to do with the film and has everything to do with Mark. And it had to do with when Mark's daughter was playing softball. All of a sudden, women's softball was this thing that he was way, way into. And I just pointed out you're, that you're actually wrong on that, John Pelkey. I don't think, and I'll tell you why. Because I saw the movie when it came out with my kids, four-year-old Taylor at the time, who was pre-softball age, and seven-year-old Bobby, and we saw it over and over. That's when you know you you couldn't get it on demand anywhere. You had to go back to the theater and watch it, and we did it. At now, least how many times, times do you think you saw it in the theater, Mark? A dozen. How many times, times you saw it? A dozen times. How many of those times did you pay? And how many times did you just walk back into the theater after watching it once and not pay? We probably paid, I would say, all of the time. I don't remember walking back into the movie theater, believe it or not, uh, to see it again. We probably paid all 12 times. We wow. probably got popcorn and Cokes all 12 times. You know, and you wonder, you know, you wonder why I have $835 in the bank. <laughs> and why your blood sugar is at like 377 and I don't even right, know so, if that's the, the, so uh, League of Their Own is, is is seven. The Natural, of course, all Roy Hobbs got six. The Sandlot three because Michael Squints Paladoris, that's another character there, along with Hamilton and Ham Porter. Major League got three because along with Harry Doyle, you got uh, Rick Wild Thing Vaughn played by Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, thank you very much. Caddyshack got th- got three, and all three were different characters. Now that's yeah. that's pretty fun. Uh, Ty Webb, Carl the Groundskeeper, so. Chase, Bill Murray, and Al. How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I believe I believe it's Chervik. Chervik, and that's played by Rodney Dangerfield. Yep. What, what, what are your What are your thoughts on that movie? Caddyshack. I love Caddyshack. That's have just you one seen of those. it recently? Yeah, I actually saw it uh, uh, at the Garden Theater in uh, Winter Garden, that, where they have you know movie features, older films, and my wife had never seen it. Jody had never seen it, so. We went and watched it in the theater. And there are certain aspects of it that you couldn't do today that uh, with a more finely tuned ear seem uh, inappropriate. Uh, And there's also still a lot of funny stuff in it. And the stuff that really holds up, frankly, is the Chevy Chase stuff. I was born to love you. It just it was such a bizarre take on a character. (laughs) Just, you know, seemingly completely burnt out at times and then completely with it. It was just, you know, and it's that thing that Chase did so well when he was funny and not the biggest asshole in Hollywood. Uh, you so mean before he fell down holds. and broke his funny. Right. right. Yes, exactly. Uh, that part, he, that's, that still holds up, Mark. But some of it doesn't, truly. Right. Right. I mean, I, I watched Animal House recently, and most of it holds up uh, humor-wise, but there's something there's no way you oh, could no. do these days at all. Just highly inappropriate. Um, all right, so Hoosiers got three, obviously. Mighty Ducks got two. Jerry Maguire got two for Jerry Maguire and Rod Tidwell, which is hmm. pretty fun. Show me the money. Interesting. Uh, Reggie Dunlop, uh, Slapshot got two. National Velvet, Tin Cup, as we mentioned before. And before we get to the plethora of others, and there are some really clever yeah. answers on this. Let's hear what others had to say who chimed in on voicemail. Hello, sports people. My name is Carl, and I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And my favorite sports character, and it's easy for me to remember his name because his name is my name. My favorite sports character is Carl the Groundskeeper from Caddyshack. He was or is a great gopher. I mean, I mean golfer. He's a Cinderella story. He got all of that one. It's in the hole. The crowd goes wild. Hello, 
Chief of the Fire here. My favorite fictional sports figure would be Norman Dale from the movie Hoosiers, played by the great Gene Hackman. In addition, I'd like to rescind my choice for Friday's poll question for sports star you love to hate from Reggie Jackson to Joe Buck. I didn't realize Joe Buck was eligible to be selected. Otherwise, I wouldn't have hesitated in choosing him. And frankly, I was sort of saving him for the poll question. Sportscaster, you would most likely throw a lamp through your flat screen TV when you saw or heard him or her. Thank you very much. Good morning, Mark, John, and Jeff. Happy Monday. My favorite fictional sports star is Harry Potter, and the sport is Quidditch. Have a great day. Thank you. Hey, Mark and John. It's Dave. Who is my favorite fictional sports character? Without a doubt. There goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was in this game. Mark and John, Lenny here. My pick for today's topic would be Coach Norman Dale, with a close second to my boy Crash Davis, and a shout-out to my good buddy Riley Claremont with Willie Beeman on any given Sunday. Thanks. Be safe. Riley Claremont, and I think you too, but Riley Claremont, our very good friend who we'll have on the show uh, at some point in the, in the very near future. I, tr- I When trust. I acquiesce to it. I know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while, but I've already, I've already thrown the seeds out there. I've already thrown a trial <laughs> balloon out there. No, it'd be great to get Riles on. It'd be great to get him. Uh, but he absolutely despises any given Sunday, and I, I think his why. biggest problem is is what they had to do since they didn't get any permission from the National Football League, what they had to do in terms of recreating the game itself and the uniforms and the names and everything else like that, which was really a drag, no doubt about it. But the rest of it I didn't think was horrible. Oh, I thought it was terrible. I think that's just a garbage movie in so many ways. And I like Oliver Stone films generally, but, boy, talk about just playing to the worst of Oliver Stone's proclivities uh, with the the film. I I thought most of the characters were uh, two-dimensional at best, even though he couldn't get a sign-off from the NFL uh, and he had to make up teams and uniforms. And there was, you know, some of that was annoying, the fact that one of the teams didn't have numbers on the front of their uniforms. They had chess pieces, blah, blah, blah. I thought the football, the -the on-the-field football stuff was bad. I thought they... uh, the the team what were they the sharks god i i, I hate know. that i remember any of this piece of crap but uh they wore the same uniforms every time the all black uniforms they didn't have an away jersey and i guess that's you know the cowboys in the 70s always wore the white blah 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 anyway i just thought it was a terrible terrible movie and as good of an actor as al pacino is he al pacino as an nfl or a professional football head coach that's just bad casting well, I'll tell you, with Al Pacino, what a phenomenal career. And he's, you know, he's got a hit TV show as we speak. He was just in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, the guy's at the top of his game at 80 years old. So there's, you know, he's one, one of the, the best, best of ever. all time. But yeah. he's he's definitely got at least a dozen, maybe two dozen movies that he, you know, sure. essentially called in. Yeah. Well, there's Whereas that. Gene, Gene Hackman never did until The Replacements. Until that stupid movie, The Replacements, everything I'd ever seen Gene Hackman do, to, to Brian Iscari's point, was was true, honest, not a yeah. not a false note. Yeah, and, you, and the problem with Until film, the replacements. Though, and I think you would agree with this, Mark, the problem with film is film's a director's medium more than an actor's medium. Yes, sir. And the director and the editor have a lot more to do with the finished product of a film, uh, a lot more control over that than than do the actors. So, you know, I would have to see the script that Gene Hackman was presented with and the elevator pitch to may have sounded great and may have sounded like, wow, this is going to be terrific. And who knows what ended up on the uh, on the cutting room floor. But I'll also go back to the great Michael Caine, who uh, made a comment about because he made that terrible, terrible Jaws, uh, the revenge, I believe. Jaws 18. Yeah, I think that's the one where the shark uh, bought a uh, a fireworks stand and and just attacked people from there. It just seemed, you know, it seemed a little odd to me that it got made. But all right, well, whatever works. I can't believe we've spent this much time talking about any given Sunday. But go ahead with the Michael Caine quote. 
Uh, but it, it, somebody said, you know, why would you do that piece of crap or whatever? Uh, and I'm, obviously I'm paraphrasing, but Kane said, I'll, I'll take you to my house in the Bahamas that I bought with the paycheck and I'll show you why I did that film. So listen, I have no problem with you taking a payday every now and again. And maybe, maybe the, the idea of the film sounded better than the finished product was. But, All right. but I need to get him in Sunday. And, and by, by the way, you're right. It is a director and editor's media medium because al pacino not a good actor not a good actor at all he's he's an awesome character not a good actor moving on Uh, because because you think he plays the same character in every movie is that why yes and even when he's playing the other character it's still you you never get removed from the fact that it's al pacino he's always al pacino well, I think there's a longevity thing that causes that to happen when you've just seen a guy in so many things. Yeah, but, but you, could, you, could, you could cut him off in 1985, and it's you, the same. You, I'll like, tell you, Jeff. Dog Day Afternoon, Panic and Needle. No, the Park, movies are great. Godfather, the movies are great. The movies are great. And he's nah. the, the movies are great. But if if you look at if you look, just take The Godfather. Yes. And you can see how un, an amazing actor Al Pacino is because Michael Corleone at the top of that movie is a completely different person. Than Michael Corleone is at the end of that but, movie. But I don't think and that's for, I think that's the writing though. I don't think it's him acting. Well, you have to be everything's the writing if you go from there. I mean, you can't Paul Newman wasn't very good with bad scripts. And 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 Paul Newman got the same kind of um grief that you're giving Al Pacino that he was the same, that you, he was just Paul Newman in every movie. No, he brought so much Paul Newman to the character that you fought the character so much. Because that's all you have to use as an actor is, is yourself. So John, we'll disagree. This we'll do a whole John, we'll do a whole I, series of, of podcasts. I changed my mind. League of Their Own, not a sports movie. Oh boy! <laughs> wow! Yes, appliances. Just okay. appliances. If I'm, I'm, if I'm against him now. once, now he just I'm throws me off. in the bus for the other one. I'm going to drop the mic and I'm signing off now because I win. That's all. This is it. We're done. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Janine, John, how about Janine with, with Quidditch and Harry Potter? That I love that. She That's made me clever. change my answer. <laughs> we also got Forrest Gump who played college football at Alabama, Alabama, uh, Joe Pendleton. I love that movie. Heaven can wait. Although I don't think it holds up as well as it, it did back in 1978. I loved it. I, I watched it recently. It's kind of a cute rom-com, but yeah, I, it, maybe not as good as I, I love that. Somebody brought up Sid Finch. My I know goodness. that was my friend Mike Thielen who brought that up. Yeah, that was a uh, George Plimpton article, 1985 April Fools at the start of the baseball season. Right, and he Sid Finch was this uh, pitcher who could throw, who'd learned he 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 was this brilliant mind who'd learned how to manipulate the physics of throwing a baseball so he could throw it well over a hundred, like 110, 120, some ridiculous speed, and he wore like a work boot on one. It was so absurd, but everybody bought it. Because it showed up in Sports Illustrated uh, in the yeah. April first edition, and it's uh, yeah, awesome. it was it was terrific. I'm glad somebody threw that one out there. I was also happy to see well, one of my favorites, and this guy's in my top ten easily. Patches O'Houlihan from Dodgeball. I know, just classic. One just of the great, great, funny sports movies ever. Yeah, I, although I saw it recently, and I think there's a lot of it that is pretty eye-rolling and doesn't hold up but yeah there are some moments in that and including every time he's on this the screen oh my god it's rip torn oh uh, yeah playing the yeah, old, all, all of that it's, it's just funny stuff it it's terrific uh bugs bunny and space jam which i think is hilarious <laughs> I, I, never seen space jam what me neither water boy which i've never think seen water boy hey. uh, n- neither have i henry rowan gartner rookie of the year you ever see that with a kid who pitches for the cubs yes i have not seen that on that we got one from Tom Marino said Barry Bonds. Because <laughs> his numbers are fictitious is what I'm assuming he's <laughs> getting at. Right, uh-huh. and, none of, and, and none of his body or anything's real. That's all created in, in a lab in Wuhan, China, apparently. <laughs> in, <laughs> nice, nice. He was, COVID, he was COVID-13. 13. <laughs> 13, yes. That's Barry Paul, Bonds, COVID-13. Wrecking Crew. Yes, uh, yes, 100 yeah. times yes. Yeah, Burt Reynolds. The original longest yard. Eddie Albert. Ooh, man. Great movie. Great movie. Joe Hardy, Damn Yankees. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Jess Barma, she was the young lady in Bend It Like Beckham. Did you ever see That's that actually, movie, John? Yeah, good. I like that movie a lot, actually. Adonis Johnson in Creed. I love that. Mm-hmm. Creed's a very good movie. We got a vote for The Tortoise. <laughs> I'll, I'll name the person. That was Jennifer Broussard. 
And, you know, the tortoise and the hare, it's obviously a great literary classic. And it's, you know, a foot race. And the it tortoise is, is an is. underdog. I mean, who doesn't love an underdog? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Now we should all be pulling for the tortoise. Come on. I love that. The tortoise. Yep. I think that is great. Doug Glatt in Goon. You love great that movie, character. John. That's a great love, character. Love, yes. love, love, love that movie. Jeff Spicoli. Now, I don't get is this because he's a surfer, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and he wins like a surfing championship in, in his dreams at one point in the film. <laughs> okay. I quote that Zorro. scene quite a bit. We got Gus the Kicking Mule and Gus. You've ever seen Gus? Yes. Don Knotts. Never saw yes. that movie. <laughs> mm, really? I love this. Morris Buttermaker, Bad News Bears. The first one of my one. favorite movies when that's, I was younger. That's a good one. And I'll tell you, you look at that now, and yes, it's horribly inappropriate, but it would be something I think you could make now, sort of like how All in the Family you could make now, you know, and, and it would be highly uncomfortable for, for the PC police, but it it works. It just works on so many levels. I mean, he's driving kids around without a seatbelt with open containers of beer. Throwing the beers car. to them after they, he throws beers to them after they win. The little leader smokes cigarettes. Yes. It's just <laughs> hilarious. It's, it's, it's hilarious. really funny. Really funny. Steve Latimer, the program. Did you ever see that about college football back in 93? No, and I hear that's actually a pretty decent film, and I've never seen it. And that's about it. So uh, right. that was great. A lot of really good ones. That was really fun. A All right, lot. final two progressive trivia hints now. We'll redo the first four. Uh, he went to the AC. He was a player in the ACC. Went to a school in the ACC. Played for 15 years with five different teams. Played in 15 playoff games, two Super Bowls. Led the league in touchdowns five times. And here are the final two clues: six-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. And one of the all-time college transfer stories. One of the all-time college transfer stories. So there it is. So now. Lost both of the Super Bowls you played in? Lost both of them. For one in each conference. And the school he went to was not the school he ended up with. And got drafted out of. Hmm. It was one of. It was a, a the you know part of the transfer story that was part of his amazing wow. career. Wow, this is this is killing me. I'm thinking it, it's it's probably a running back. It, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just thinking out loud. Probably Although, ended up in the ACC. I have one I'm, question I want to ask, but no additional please. clues. Nope, nope, no additional clues. You know I, that's I, that's a rule for me. What's even the even when it turns me. I just wanted to tra- see if he transferred from one ACC school to the other. But my he thought is not. no. I mean, my thought is no. Yeah, he did I, not. I just sent an answer. But now that I think about it, I don't think 15 years and five teams. That's definitely not the case. So you're right. Actually, you got it. I got it. You got it. He played for five wow. teams. He played for five teams. Yeah, yeah. I had a cup of coffee the last couple teams. But wow. he he wasn't drafted out of the ACC. That's what he, he said. Was not. That's what gave it away for me. Okay. He was not. Okay, so you said, okay, I'm, I misunderstood. I thought he was drafted out of the ACC. Good, very good. All right, so we'll wait, but yeah, congratulations. Well done, yeah, good stuff. I'm batting right, 666. So yeah, nice job there. All so right, speaking we'll of transfer. Give that answer at the end. Let yeah, we did, know. and we'll, we'll give it away at the time. Yep, but um, speaking of transfer stories, speaking of successful transfer stories, we talked about it at this at the top of the show. You know, that used to be an outlier, John and Jeff where kids would transfer and then have you know phenomenal success either at college or in the NFL as a rule. We obviously had, had one with uh, Russell Wilson about eight years ago. Yes. And, uh, and now, once Joe Burrow is going to be drafted Thursday, number one overall, we will have three consecutive number one overall picks that were transfer students. The national championship featured two quarterbacks starting for the teams that were both transfers, if I'm not mistaken. And so, yeah, well, uh, I know a couple of years ago, right, with no, J- Justin Fields. Is, Justin this, Fields is a transfer. This past kid. year, uh, it was uh, the kid from uh, Joe Burrow, right? Yep. And uh, the Clemson. Who, who played them? Clemson, right? No, it's no. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor so Lawrence. He was, he, was, he was all Clemson. You're thinking like Jalen Hurts. That's who I was in, thinking. Yes, Jalen Hurts. And, right. And, and, uh, and Justin Fields for Georgia as well as uh, yeah. wow. transfer kid. 
which is unbelievable. So is what do you think the reason is that it's become well, I, I there's think there's so much recent success compared to it being an outlier back in the day. The rule well, change. Well, I think, I mean, what's that? Go ahead, John. Well, no, you were going to say the rule change. I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with what the rule that uh, would, would be in effect. Because what I'm thinking about is the fact, and I think this is over a much longer period of time, is that there used to only be a handful of teams that were uh, recognized, seen a lot on television, uh, where, where you could really showcase yourself to the National Football League. So I think te- guys were just you know, sticking around at Oklahoma, which would have had you know, six quarterbacks. Though Troy Aikman is another guy who did that, uh, yep. started and, and moved elsewhere. Um, uh, but I think there are a lot more options now. For teams, and I think coaching staffs are more likely, for whatever reason, the game has changed. I think a lot of it is uh, guys leaving early, and that coaching staffs have to be a little more fluid, uh, are are a little more willing to bring a guy in for just a year. In the case of a Russell Wilson who had graduated and he didn't have to sit out a year and could go play at Wisconsin, they didn't want him anymore at North Carolina State. Um, so I think that uh, I think it's probably there are a number of factors involved there that you can transfer schools and you have a much, much wider spectrum of schools to transfer to. And I think coaching staffs are more uh, more than more likely to take a chance on a guy for a shorter period of time. What rule change are you talking about, Jeff? I, I've, I thought they changed the rule on how long you would have to sit. But now you still have to sit a year if you're if you haven't graduated, you still have to sit a year. You can petition. Uh, and there may be, you know, guys who have unfortunately, over- I can't research this quickly because they're changing the rule again in the 2020, 2021, uh, potentially, which would be uh, even less. You wouldn't have to sit, but you'd have to meet four criteria. So there's an yeah. upcoming rule. I know change. They, there's some talk about stuff going on, but it's still the year at this point. Um, and I think the other the other change is and, and boy, we should probably look into this is if there's been a coaching change. I think they've opened that up for so uh, there's some criteria there. But this this waiting a year I talked to I think I talked to Desmond Howard recently at the um, at the club interviewed Desmond Howard and asked him about this because I disagree with that. To me, that is just un-American to make someone wait a year. Now, I understand in terms of the program itself, you you can't have a run on that kind of thing. And the rich at some point are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer, but not necessarily because you only you know, how many quarterbacks can you have? So Alabama might have three great ones, but are they going to stay? So right. I think it would work itself out. But he said everyone should have – you get one. You get one freebie where you don't have to wait a year. And then after that, you do just to just to keep some sort of semblance on the college football programs out there. And I love that because that's a nice compromise, if you ask me, because I think the rule itself is horrible, yeah. frankly. What, well, what, I think – I think there are a few reasons. I mean, they don't obviously want the, to, to your point, Mark, you would see, um, you know, the Vanderbilt of the world, uh, uh, taking a kid as a freshman and sophomore and bulking him up and, 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 and giving him some, some good coaching. And then he'd walk away and go play at a, a bigger program. So you almost take some of those schools that are generally and not your traditional powers would end up as like minor leagues. Um, I, I'd like, I think if you're a freshman or sophomore and you choose to transfer, you shouldn't have to sit out the year. Um, because that's as simple as I don't think a kid who makes a choice, a collegiate choice, while he's in high school and then shows up there for a year and realizes that it's not for him for any number of reasons, maybe having nothing to do with the, uh, with the athletic program. Um, so I think those guys, it should be, uh, it should be easier when when you're a junior and you've been at a program for three or four years and just, you know, realize they brought the hotshot freshman in, let's say, and you're not going to, you're finally not going to get the starting position. Then sitting out a year seems less punitive to me. All right. So there it is. Let's do the progressive trivia answer right now. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Randy Moss and Jeff got it right. Jeff Taylor got it right. Uh, he went to FSU, which was in the middle of his transfer run, if if I'm not mistaken. It started at Notre Dame. It went to FSU, and then it ended up at Marshall. He was drafted out of Marshall, and um, so he played. He did play in the ACC, and he played for 15 years with five different teams. He played with Tennessee at the end, and I think you know had four. Balls thrown to him. Played with San Francisco as well. Yes, played with right. Oakland. 
Minnesota, and then there's one other mystery. I was team. just thrown oh, off New England, by, obviously. So yeah, New, I was so thrown off Minnesota, New England, Oakland, San Francisco, and Tennessee. And Randy Moss, congratulate yourselves out there if you're listening to us and you got it right. And we're going to close this baby up with next episode's poll question. Johnny, you came up with this. Why don't you announce it to everyone? Yes, our poll question for Wednesday's show. And remember, we record at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So try to get your answers to us uh, by late Monday night or early, early Tuesday so we can uh, collate them and uh, add them up. And Jeff can cut them up if he needs to do that, if you're leaving us a voice message. But our poll question for Wednesday if you could could see one player live, and this is historic player, current player, but you get to go see one player, you can say at, at, with this one, unlike the uh, questions we've had before, you can say you wanted, you, you wish you could have seen Babe Ruth or Walter Johnson or um, you, know, you see Vince Lombardi coach the Packers at, at Lambeau. Any anyone you want from his historic to current player, who would you like to see play live? And I thought I of that it. when I was watching the, the Jordan documentary. Because yeah. I saw I saw Michael Jordan play both in, uh, I saw him play basketball in college, basketball in the pros, and baseball in the minor leagues live. Nice. Uh, nice. So, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, a guy, if, you, if somebody hadn't seen him, maybe that's a guy they'd like to see. I, player, this is a tough one for me. I've got a few in my head. Right. Player you'd most like to have seen doesn't have to be in your lifetime. All right. That does it for us. Jeff, uh, well, let's go with John first. What's the grade of the show, Johnny? Uh, I, I grade myself down. I, I think I drug this one down. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would you give yourself? Uh, C minus. Whoa. Jeff? I, I give it a G for great. <laughs> a G for good or great? Great. G. Very nice. G plus. I'd give it. I'd give it a. I'd give it an A minus. Pretty solid outing. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back on Wednesday. You've been listening to After Further Review.